Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, no. My evil plan has come to fruition. <sighs> I have made Emily sick. I have the COVIDs. So if you've been listening to our last couple episodes, <laughs> we've been recording them just one day after the other. Just bam, bam, bam. And now I'm feeling great. And apparently, not apparently, Emily For is. For sure. <laughs> I don't think you're faking it. Okay, good. <laughs> so bear with us. My voice sounds a little rough. But hopefully still the quality of the podcast content will be fine. (laughs) The thoughts will be the same hilarious consistency, even if the sound quality is not. (laughs) But since Emily's got my COVID, (laughs) we can now record in the same place. In the same place. So funny. So I've been all alone in my bedroom. When did you test? Friday? Friday. So yeah, Sunday through Friday, I was just all alone in my bedroom, and then Friday night, Emily's like, I tested positive, and then I ran up the stairs and I hugged her, and I'm like, I'm so sad for you, but I'm so happy to see you again. I, I miss you. you. I miss you so much. <laughs> I was so happy to have, like, I knew she was in the house, like, we talked on the phone and everything, but it's just, it's different not being in the same room. <laughs> my dog is being so demanding today. He really loves Megan. He yeah. really does love he her. He missed me too, huh, but Harry. You can't lick during the podcast. You can go sit over here, though. Oh, no, I'll still pet him. Okay. Come here, I'll pet you. Well, today we are going to talk about Roswell, Season 2, Episode 11, To Serve and Protect. And Meg, you did some really good guesses. Some amazing guesses. Although... I have had apparently some wrong guesses about the geologist, but I haven't given up on those yet because this episode was open-ended. So he still could be a kajillion years old alien, as well as a serial killer? (laughs) Well, at least a serial kidnapper. We don't know if he's murdered. He may have other buried girls' places. Hey, uh, this episode is is disturbing. (laughs) So, um, last week when I was looking up the next episode and it says, you know, previously on Roswell and Grant Sorensen's face shows up and I'm like, oh, Megan, you're going to either love or hate this. I don't know which one. (laughs) I will admit I was in a bad mood watching it, but I knew I was in a bad mood watching it. So I'm like, just watch the TV show, Megan. And the whole time I'm like, "Eh, I don't like the writing. I don't like the dialogue. "Eh," And I'm like... Stop that! <laughs> Just watch the show! <laughs> but we'll get into it. So we start off with Max and Isabel sitting... I, I, this can't be the family TV. It might be. Well, maybe their dad is watching it in the other room, the main TV. Uh-huh. So they they have the little kitchen TV. Remember, Grandma Lloyd had a little kitchen TV. A little TV. kitchen TV, yeah. So it's a little tiny, like maybe 8 or 10 inch little one that you can probably pick up and like carry around but Isabel and Max are super bored because there's nothing on and they just keep flipping through the channels and so Isabel decides that this is a good time to dreamwalk. I feel like I said something about dreamwalking. I think you might have. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Max specifically asks her don't don't look at Liz Parker and 
That's the first person Isabel flips to in the yearbook. Yeah. I feel like that's big sibling energy, though. Like, don't do this. That's the very first thing you're going to go do. Yeah, this one was shot a little strangely. Yeah. the It's dream sequences, so I can give them kind of a pass, but... Yeah, the, the dream sequences looked really goofy in this one. And stilted. The dialogue was really stilted. Yeah. And I think maybe they were trying to convey that this was... Not a memory, it was actually mm-hmm. a dream or whatever. But I would have rather they did a dolly zoom than just a dolly shot. Or just what I think is just a steady cam operator holding the camera and running at Isabel. And they're playing it back at a really low frame rate. And it just, it didn't have like a magical weird quality. It Listen, they, they shot for the fences and someone on the other team caught it. Putting their runner out and <laughs> making the softball team switch sides so would you rather have a very specific camera shot be used oh hi bb (laughs) be used every single time alien powers show up to like ding the audience into being like oh these are alien powers not alien powers but dream walking yes i wish they had a more specific visual language for dreams okay because we've seen a handful of different directors so far direct dream sequences and visions and things Mm -hmm. But the first one we go to is Liz's dream, and she's at the Crashdown Cafe, and a handsome hunk walks through the door, who his name apparently is Brad, and Mac shows up. It is very weird that Isabel would watch someone have a romantic dream about her brother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the dream goes through that, you know, she's like, I'm with Brad now. And Max shows up and goes, but you want someone who can do... But Brad's not real. (laughs) Yeah, Brad's not real. The one... Okay, I'm really hoping this was on purpose because I really loved this detail where he goes, you want someone who can do this, and he snaps his fingers and red rose petals. Well, everything is shot with a really intense red light, like really washed out red light. And so red rose petals start falling from the ceiling and then the lights soften and you realize they're white petals. Well, do you remember? I in, do remember. Okay, because Liz prefers white roses to red roses. And I really, I really hope that was on purpose and not just like a cool trick, you know. But anyways, Isabel feels the same way about this dream as she did the other channels, TV channels she was watching. So she switches... I saw him gauging the distance, and I'm like, he can't jump that high, but he did. He did. Well, congratulations! You're the tallest boy in the world. Do not jump onto the door frame. You have done that before at my apartment, and it turned out very badly for you. <laughs> now what? Now what do I do? I've accomplished. I've accomplished the impossible. Do you want me to get you down, buddy? Do you want me to rescue him? <laughs> or let him stew for a second. <laughs> Oh, baby, that was so far down. Are you okay? That's less than your apartment window. That? Oh, (laughs) my previous apartment, in which my idiot cat... Listen, I used to let my cats out on the balcony with me out there. And then one time, a crow flew through our balcony... And so Kenobi chased it and just jumped off the side of my second story balcony. He landed in some bushes. He was okay. But he's he's no longer, he was no longer allowed out after that. Only Taco was allowed out. Yeah. 
I feel that, okay, how, how do I put this without, no one appreciates Kyle. No one. Everyone makes fun of him and the journey he's going through, and I just feel so bad for him. Me too. But, okay, so Isabel goes into Kyle's dream next. And Kyle is de- communicating with. No. Oh, no. Well, okay. So I had, I feel like this was a really racist stereotype in his dream mm. of, they actually depicted Buddha in his dream talking to Kyle. Mm. I didn't like it. It was interesting because as we're watching it, there, it looked like something had been cut out. Like there's a skip. Uh-huh. And I don't know what they cut out, but maybe it was deemed to be... Inappropriate. Inappropriate or like... A bridge too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a, a whole line of dialogue cut out at some point. I did like at the end of the dream that, you know, it, it starts off as a as a meditation space and they're like Kyle's doing some breathing exercises and things with Buddha. But over the course of the dream we start to see Kyle's worry that Max, whatever Max did to save his life has changed him. And that's creeping into the dream in like comedic ways. And yeah, cause he's told to accept his destiny and he points his finger and he's just like, no, or whatever. And he realizes his hand has transformed into something like scaly or whatever. And so this, it quickly evolves into a nightmare for poor Kyle. Poor Kyle. But you remember in the, in the future Max episode, where Liz and Kyle are talking about, oh, when Max brought you back, mm-hmm. did you see things? And Kyle's like, no, I didn't. That was in the previously on. You guys, there was so much in this there previously on. From like previously on. All over from the guy that the sheriff shot in season one to Grant and getting changed and just one shot of Kyle saying, I'm a Buddhist now. And then... It was like long. How long was the previously on? Previously on was about a minute. Okay. And see, the previous episode, we didn't get any previously on. Nope. While Izzy, well, is Isabel, do they call her Izzy at all? They don't. That's a crazy anatomy. Okay. (laughs) While Isabel is in Kyle's dream, she gets yanked into something else. Yeah. And she's in the woods, and she sees a girl screaming and getting dragged away by a shadowy figure. And yeah. Isabel wakes up and out of it, and we get the roll credits. Oh, I am what I am. So the running comedy bit through this episode is Kyle's afraid he's getting alien powers, and Tess is teasing him for it, and they had some really cute scenes. But the the primary plot, which kind of runs parallel with, with Isabel's new dreamwalking ability is the sheriff is being investigated. I don't, Emily, did they specifically say what this guy was? They no. just call him like a paper pusher, a sanctimonious paper pusher. It seems very bureaucratic. It seems like he might be internal affairs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the comedy runner is that Kyle thinks he might be changing into an alien. And so he and Tess are at breakfast and she is just, Dumping. <laughs> she is just dumping Tabasco all over her strawberry and whipped cream pancakes, which look really good. Uh, and then, but I would like to complain that in my own real life, I have tried to get sriracha from the grocery store like three different times, and they're just out. And I don't want any other kind of sauce. Although Emily did get me Tabasco, which I also love. 
You guys, it's hard living in Utah. They don't have the sauces. There's no spice. There's no spice here. It's a spice <laughs> desert. That's not true. We have good food here. Just not at the grocery store. <laughs> but, um, so Kyle sees what she's doing and see how she's just, like, dumping also Tabasco into her orange juice. And he's like, that's an alien thing, right? The super sweet and the super spicy. And he asks if he can try it. And she goes, you won't like it, but go ahead. And he he eats it. And I, I wasn't sure if, okay, I wasn't sure personally if he was really trying to convince himself it wasn't that bad or if he really did like it. Because he tells her, like, it's really okay. Like, I kind of. So I read it as he's expecting to be disgusted, but he tastes it and it doesn't taste horrible. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's a sign I'm an alien. <laughs> so he is shocked that it's not that bad because he thinks it means oh my gosh i'm part alien nah. um another part is when he's trying to change the channels on the tv do you remember that sorry yeah nope sorry i'm thinking about something else okay was liz parker all the way dead when max healed her i don't know there's a lot of blood right but i don't know if that would immediately yeah. i would think a shot to the heart would kill you Immediately, she but she was shot. To the abdomen. Yeah, but maybe. It's... But Kyle was definitely all the way dead. Yeah. So obviously, what happened with Liz and what happened with Kyle are different. But I'm trying to decide if that's because Max had bigger personal emotions towards Liz, or was it the fact that Kyle was all the way dead first? <laughs> but then, like later on, uh, do you want to talk about Tess and the changing channel stuff? Yes. So. Kyle is trying to see if he has any powers yet. And he's sitting alone in his dark living room, stretches out his hand to the TV. And <laughs> this was so sweet. So you know this scene in Spider-Man where he's trying to figure out his webs in the in the Tobey Maguire one? And he's like, go web, go. Fly. Turn up. Like, and so Kyle physically says, change channel. Channel 22. Channel 15. Unbeknownst to him, Tess has snuck up behind him and has the remote and is changing the channels for him. <laughs> it's just so cute. And she eventually reveals that she's there. But he's just like, I am. And he turns around and he sees her. He goes, an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those those two are fun. They have, they have great chemistry together. They do have great chemistry together. Um, and I'm glad that Tess has a friend. And I'm glad that my ship is still sailing. <laughs> In the meantime, the sheriff has a new guy show up to the office. And they obviously know each other. Mm-hmm. And they, you can tell from the bat that they don't like each other. And they kind of pretend to be friends. And they joke around with each other. But... See, I got the opposite. Oh. I got that they were at least, like, they knew of each other and were acquainted enough not to be best friends. Oh, okay. Because um, Toby from the West Wing was yeah. the only other friend that would know. <laughs> but uh, they, they've worked together enough and they tease each other by saying, like, oh, yeah, let the bureaucratic pencil pusher in here and... And, so, and he goes, you look old, Jim. And he's like, that's what real police work does to you. Yeah. Uh, this guy... Paul starts with a P. I don't Let's call him Petey. Okay. PJ? Do you think that's his name? What's his name? <laughs> Hold on. You know, I would know if Emily hadn't insisted we turn off the subtitles. You said you didn't want the subtitles on. 
I didn't. You said, do you want the subtitles on? And I go, oh. And then you turned them off. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making fun of you when you're sick. Because I was afraid it would give away. Because I read, if subtitles are on, I'll read it. And it usually gives stuff away. Yeah. Which is why I like subtitles on um, horror movies. Because <laughs> usually if there's like a, someone's talking and there's like a, a dash, like an M dash. Uh, you know they're going to get cut off by a jump scare, and so I know that's where they are. Why is it called an M-dash? There's an N-dash and an M-dash. Is it because it's one of them's the width of a letter N, and the other's the width of a letter M on a old typography printmaking machine? I don't know. Okay, the, the, long answer, the short answer is I don't know why they measure them in lengths, but they mean two different things. I know they mean two different things. I want to know how they got their name. See, and that's not, that's, again, you've typed in not the question I want. I want to know why is it called an N-dash. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Ask that of Google. I want you to type in, okay. why is it called an N-dash? Okay. <laughs> I want you to type in my actual, she typed in, okay. Well, uh, so first she typed in N-dash versus M-dash. And I was like. Okay, that's not what I want to know. And then I was like, I want to know why is one shorter oh, than the other. So she wrote... The N-dash derives its name from the fact that it is meant to be the same width as the letter N. <laughs> Who read The Truth by Terry Pratchett? It was me. <laughs> Good job. Good job. See, I don't know how to ask Google. I want you to type in the question I had. <laughs> hey, we're back from our tangent now. So this guy is investigating the... Sorry, I'm trying to find his name still. Dan. I'm still calling him Paul. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so this guy, Dan, is investigating on the shooting, the extrajudicial shooting that the sheriff did in season one during the convention episode where he shot the guy trying to kill Max Evans. The Hubble alien hunter. Yes. And the guy, Dan, is acting like everything's chill and everything's okay. And I'm like, there's something more to this. And he will keep specifically asking. He says, oh, I have a statement from a witness that said that Max Evans was there. And the sheriff's like, what witness? And the guy's like, it doesn't matter. Was Max Evans there? No. The sheriff's like, no. So they talk a bit in his office. And then that night they go to Senor Chow's, which is the Mexican-Chinese fusion restaurant. And Emily... They had a dish. What appetizer did they order? Sweet and sour tortillas. Now, that doesn't sound appealing to me. No, Just plain tortillas and a sweet and sour sauce. So I'm wondering if they are crispy fried with the sauce drizzled on them. Oh, maybe. Like, what if are they tortilla chips with the sauce? Or are they flavored tortilla chips like Doritos? Instead of chips and salsa, it's chips and sweet and sour sauce. Yeah. I love that they have taken this weirdest restaurant idea ever and just run with it. I love it so much that this is the weird Roswell restaurant. But yeah, I do find it interesting that he is coming to them and just being very chill about everything. Just saying, oh yeah, just wrapping up a few loose ends. He's coming across as very approachable, very open, very chill when that's suspicious. Yeah. And apparently this is something that the sheriff's men have been complaining about. 
is that he's like, your own men say that you disappear for days at a time, always in the accompaniment of minors. Oh, yeah. And people are starting to have questions. And the sheriff is finally under investigation for his terrible police work. (laughs) Which is a shame because he gets really good at it. (laughs) No, he's still bad at being a policeman. He's just better at being a fake dad to these alien kids. Because I'm just about to call her Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) Isabel comes to tell him about the dream. And something I really appreciated about it is he believed her 100%. Even when it appeared that her dream was wrong. Yeah. Because uh, Isabel's dreaming about this girl getting dragged away in the woods. And she tells the sheriff about it. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, well, I can't do anything with the amount of evidence that you've given me. Is there anything else? And we've had some really good, relatable scenes with Isabel in this episode. And we'll talk about the date one in a second when we start talking about Michael. Not Michael. What's the rock guy's name? Grant. Grant Sorensen. Grant's his first name? Yes. Why was I calling him Michael Grant in my head? I don't don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Grant Sorensen. We'll get to Sorrel in a second. But Isabel comes to the sheriff to say, I'm having a dream about this. And he's like, can you give me any other evidence? She's like, he has some kind of silver car. And he's like, what kind of car? She's like, I don't know, a Honda or a Toyota. I don't know cars. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, that's me. Like, I, unless it's something super recognizable, like a Jeep or a Volkswagen Bug. Or a Kia Soul. Yes. <laughs> I cannot look at the outline of a car and tell you the manufacturer. I have to look at the logo. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that gift either. And so... Oh, can I say one thing, though? So you had talked about how it was so nice that he believed her. And I agree with you. It's so frustrating to always see storylines where, like, the person always has to, like convince them or like swear on their lives or like please believe me that this this is really happening four seasons in a row hopper has not believed single thing joyce has said (laughs) on stranger things and joyce is always right joyce is always right hopper what's your problem but yeah it was just it was surprising which then surprised to me again where i'm just like he believes her. It's not even like, oh, I'm going to say yes to get you out of my office and then not do anything about it. It was so nice to have to skip that part of the story just to be like, no, I believe you. Let's do something about it. And But he's very honest. He's like, I don't know what I can do, but I will do my best with what we have. Right. And they don't have a lot because no one has reported a girl missing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, maybe I'll, I'll start looking into abandoned car reports. Maybe that could help. Mm-hmm. And while he's in the Crashdown Cafe ordering, Emily, what is the Crashdown Cafe dish of the week? It wasn't on the billboard. It's just what he ordered. A wharf wrap. What do you suppose is in a wharf wrap? I don't know. I'm thinking like a steak. I'm thinking something meat. Like steak salad wrap. Yeah, because yeah, their their whole thing is... Uh, maybe it's got gak in it, no. which are the blood worms. Oh, so no. it's like steak and gummy worms. No. Delicious. No. Yeah, no, I'm thinking like a, a steak and salad wrap. That sounds good, actually. It does. Do you, you still have your cafe Rio burrito in the fridge? No, I ate that. Okay. And then 
lost it. <laughs> oh, I don't know who we've mentioned. Not only do I have COVID, I also have food poisoning. It's been a rough week. It has been a rough week. So we're going to pause on the sheriff storyline because it is like big and beefy. And we're going to get to our other runner and our, we have a new character introduced this we week. So Liz is, she's like, I'm so obsessed with Max still. I think about him all the time. She's complaining about this to Maria because like, she's just spoken to a customer and she, she's like, okay, so I've got your galaxy sub. Hold the Max. And then she raises. And then she just leaves without clarifying. And she's like, Maria, it's so bad. I'm so obsessed with him. Why can't future Max just come hang out with her some more? Right? Yeah. But she's saying, Liz is saying, okay, because here's the thing. We talked about it in the last episode. Liz got what she wanted, which is to be on speaking terms again with Max, but without actually, like, having that that romantic relationship back because she really hurt him, and that makes total sense. And so she's like, the only way I can get around this is if I either find a new relationship or I've, I've got to do something about this. Enter immediately immediately maria's cousin sean who's just out of jail just out of jail and he gives me justin timberlake vibes <laughs> who's i thinking he's got like a leather jacket and a buzz spike yes he's got blonde hair yep spike i love you spike your black nail spike peroxide da-na-na uh, congratulations to Buffering the Vampire Slayer on finally reaching the finale of Buffy. Oh. Yep. They had a special big two-day event commemorating their final their final episodes. That's really cool. End of an era. Uh, everyone, if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you should listen to Buffering Cast. Because not only do the two hosts have incredible, wonderful things to say... But one of the hosts, Jenny Owens Young, write Jenny Owen Young's Jenny Owens Young. Sorry, Jenny. Writes an original song inspired by every single episode of Buffy. It's amazing. Um, but you can it's interesting because you originally thought this might be an ex boyfriend. Yeah, so my thought was ex boyfriend, surprise brother we never talk about, and then it turns out cousin. Cousin. Who has already talked to Amy DeLuca, who's already staying at Maria's house. Maria is not happy about this and makes her displeasure quite known, quite known. And I thought this was so interesting because Liz obviously would know about Sean. She and Maria have been best friends forever. She would know how Maria feels about this. But several in several scenes throughout the episode, Liz will go out of her way to make Sean feel welcomed and... Yeah, and she's she's given him those hungry eyes. So maybe we finally have another love interest for Liz. It's not going to stick, but... Um, and then for a second, I was like, Sean is a red herring because the girl started disappearing when Sean came back. We're going to be meant to think that Sean's the one absconding with the girls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So while this is going on in the cafe, Sheriff is in town. And starts talking to another patron. Um, I want a wharf wrap now. I've started imagining it, and now I can't stop. It's like steak and uh, corn salsa and like shredded lettuce and whipped cream. Whipped cream. 
I meant sour cream. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe it's a little spicy. Maybe it's got Tabasco in it. There we go. I like it. Um, what is he talking to this woman about? With, okay, I need to know from you first. Did it feel like they were a little flirty at the beginning? Yes, okay. it was. Even though she was leaning on her hand with her wedding ring fully visible in the shot. Um, they were talking about Kyle at first and how well he's been doing in sports. Mm-hmm. And they said he had multiple takedowns. You can't take people down in basketball. Does Kyle also play football? He must. I, I mean, that's we haven't ever seen him on the football field, I don't think. We haven't ever seen him on the football field, I think. No, but we've seen him in his basketball thing. So, listeners, let us know. Is there such a thing as a takedown in basketball? Because that sounds like a foul to me. That's Yeah, that sounds like elbows and, like, yeah. the solar plexus sort of a thing. Uh, but takedowns is definitely a thing you can do in football. Or maybe rugby. Maybe. Yeah. Um, or maybe hockey. Or maybe hockey. <laughs> Why would they have hockey? <laughs> Just kidding. They have hockey everywhere. We have the technology to make ice rinks. Uh, but she started talking about how good of a athlete Sheriff was in his day and that she had a bit of a crush on him. And he says, yeah, your boyfriend loved that. And she goes, oh, I like to call him my husband now. Because they're very clearly being like, this is not going to be a love triangle between this lady, Amy DeLuca, and the Sheriff. Like, yeah. And. But, but I also find it nice that they're, it's, okay, maybe not nice, but I appreciated that they were establishing a history. So, Meg, I don't know how you feel about this in, it's usually a TV show, where all of a sudden, when they need to create a background, or they need to beef up a storyline or something, they will pull in a noodle incident, where, like, the characters know what's going on, and it's mentioned that this happened in the past, but the audience actually doesn't get to see it. Uh, Like, the pocket knife... The treasured pocket knife that Liz gave to Max. Mm-hmm. And so I I thought this worked in this scene because because it gave it gave the sheriff a reason to do what he did without having to go into like some big long explanation or gymnastics about how he's trying to find this random person that he doesn't know anything about. Um, and so I kinda like that they were they're giving him a little more of a history. Oh, yeah, I totally bought it because he lives in this town and he knows all the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more he and the... Oh. But someone who shall remain nameless freaks out anytime a certain author is just like, oh, yeah, here's more of this character's life and backstory that we just haven't mentioned up till now. And she's like, everybody's got a secret <laughs> wife that I, I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know who Megan's talking about. It's clearly not me. Random non-specific example. <laughs> you don't know her. <laughs> um, but the reason that we bring this up is because as Sheriff is talking to this woman, she makes mention that, oh, her daughter hasn't called home in a, li- a little bit or hasn't let her know where she is, and she went off to Santa Fe to stay with some friends. And this kind of, you know, Sheriff's trying to be like, oh, a clue. <laughs> Look who I'm afraid I've been thinking. <laughs> and so the sheriff basically puts an all points bulletin out and is coordinating with like the the police but 
Border Patrol for Texas and Santa Fe. and He's like, we are treating this as a missing persons now. Yeah, because he finds out that she drives a silver car and... Silver Corolla? Silver Toyota. Yeah. And so he gets a picture because the mom is at the police station by this point and there's this flurry of activity going around, which obviously the mom is very upset about because, yeah, if you think you're, you know, the police chief is just like, your daughter may have been the victim of a kidnapping. You know, and and so she's got a picture and everything. And so the sheriff brings this picture to Isabel. And Isabel's like, I never really saw a good glimpse of the girl's face, but I'm pretty sure this is her. And so the sheriff goes full steam ahead. And this is when we're going to jump into our final storyline, which is Grant Sorensen is back in town. And there's... Back, 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 back again, again, again. And there's a scene where he is taking Isabel on a date. Why are you so chit-chatty? They want to go outside. Oh. No. (laughs) And there's a great scene where Max goes downstairs and Grant is at the kitchen table flipping through channels. The same shot, same setup as the opening with them. And he's waiting for Isabel. And Michael goes upstairs and... Max. He's waiting for Isabel. And then Isabel's brother goes upstairs. (laughs) And Catherine Heigl, hilarious physical actress that she is, is trying on outfit after outfit to try and find the right one for her date. I loved this scene. Mm -hmm. Because she always comes across as so together and... Has it, you know, just knows exactly what's going on. Like in the previous episode where she's so organized and takes care of everything. And to see her be a little bit out of her element was just kind of fun. Where she really does like take shirts off, put them on, go to her closet, take stuff out, take them off, put it on. And she does the whole scene sounding a little breathless. Which I feel would be hard to like keep that up. So. Yep. Yep. So one of the reasons that, well, as she and Max are talking, she, she says to Max, like, I want a normal date with a normal guy. Like, she's just reaching for normalcy. They've just had a terrible time the last few months with Skins trying to kill them. Her learning about her entire backstory is Valandra. I don't blame her at all for trying to find and grasp onto something, quote-unquote, normal. Mm-hmm. Is it normalcy? Probably. I'm sick. Normalcy. I have COVID that you gave to me, so you can't question <laughs> what I say. Well, no, it's just, it's it's one of those words that I've just heard in my, like, read, and I've never heard someone say it. I thought it was normalcy, but maybe it's normalcy. I think it's normalcy. Listeners, write in. <laughs> Who's right? <laughs> so, she's going on a date with Michael, and at this point, no, I'm like, she's not going on a date with Grant. <laughs> Good night, girl. Hey, I also have COVID, and I've had it longer than you, so maybe I have the brain fog. Just kidding. This Everybody knows this predates my COVID. I can't keep these characters straight. But it's at this point where I'm like, oh, Grant's the murderer. Grant's the one kidnapping girls. And later that night, when Isabel has another dream, she's like, it's definitely Grant, who's doing it. She goes to the sheriff with it. Now, sheriff's already in hot water having tried to approach Grant without a warrant before. Oh, before. sorry. He and 
Max. <laughs> We're in Grant's house with guns. With no, well, Max didn't have a gun, but the sheriff did. With no warrant. So obviously, sheriff's in big doo-doo already. Sheriff goes to a judge to try and get a warrant for Grant. The judge says no, and the sheriff goes after Grant anyway. Here's the thing. The sher- the judge says, if you can get me probable cause, then I will. Uh-huh. Which, Sheriff, you can come up with something. Like, right? I mean, you lied your way through a police <laughs> report before when you shot a guy. You could lie your way through another police report. We know you were capable of doing that. So, yeah, the sheriff and a deputy go to Grant's tent tent like like not dig site but kind of like his his base of operations and grant is an intelligent man and is just saying do you have a warrant this happened last time you know you cannot like legally you cannot do this and the sheriff just ignores everything he says and starts poking around in places that legally he has no right to poke around in but here's the thing he opens up a tent and there's a body bag in it. Yeah, and that's one of the things specifically they are looking for. Because that was part of Isabel's dream is this girl is getting dragged away in a body bag. And I'm intrigued by what Grant is doing. And I'm convinced it's connected to alien stuff somehow. Okay. So what's in the body bag? So it's some sort of equipment. And Grant says it's photosensitive equipment, which is why he keeps it in this black plastic bag. Um, but... Grant's upset. As he should be. Right, because the police have almost caught him being a kidnapper. (laughs) We don't know if he's a murderer yet, but he's definitely a kidnapper. And so Sheriff is in huge trouble because, oh yeah, should be mentioned, the girl who's missing, as Sheriff's getting yelled at for this, for everything he's done, the girl who's missing shows up alive and fine. Yeah. Her car had broken down on the way to Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. And so he's done all this kerfluffle for nothing. He's pulled out his big guns for nothing. And Max and Isabel are like, we're so sorry. And he says, don't worry about me. I can take care of it. I can take care of it. Which, listen, I know it's taken you. Okay, listen. Okay, stop. Listen, stop. I love Sheriff Valenti. Okay. He has not always been great. I'm not going to excuse any of that. But him saying, yes, I believe Isabel. To, don't worry about me, I will take care of it, is the adult responsible thing to do. Adults should take care of adult problems and not make their alien friends cover it up. Yeah, so I hate season one Sheriff Valenti, but then, like we've talked about, there was just a switch thrown in his character, and I like season two Sheriff Valenti. Mm -hmm. He's still a horrible police officer, though. (laughs) And so Max kind of understands the gravity of the situation. Or he's, he and Isabel are talking later, like, hey, the sheriff might lose his job because of what you've done. And Isabel's just like, I know, I feel bad, but I don't understand. Like, my dreams have never let me down before, especially because she's having the same one. And she's mentioned that this dream feels different. It feels like this girl is dreamwalking her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she normally has to... She has to choose, like, there's a process Isabel goes through when she's dreamwalking. She has to choose a person. She has to fall asleep touching a photo of them, which they gave her a photo of the first missing girl. I don't know why she didn't try to dreamwalk in that girl to get more information, but, you know, Mm. let's like, um, but this girl keeps trying to dreamwalk Isabel 
I think Grant is trying to build a communication device using humans as batteries. Okay. To try and reach aliens off world. Cool. There you go. That is my official established. That's what he's trying to do. He's an alien who's been stranded here for years and he's trying to reach home. And that's how he's doing it. Is, there you go. I love it. If I'm right, will you give me a dollar? I will. Yes! <laughs> I'm going to be so rich! <laughs> but if you're wrong, I will give you a dollar. Okay. <laughs> uh, it would be so funny. If when our when our series are done, our respective series, it's like we go through book one of Way of Kings and season one of Roswell, we tally up our right, our correct oh, predictions, our correct and then we have to give each other that many dollars. <laughs> uh, so the girl comes home alive, and sheriff's in huge trouble. The judge finds out he moved without sheriff, like without his permission. So Sheriff's now facing a $15 million suit from Grant Sorensen. And the mother of the missing girl is also suing the Sheriff's Department for emotional distress, which mm-hmm. that I don't understand. Yeah, he tried to find her daughter that was missing. Yeah, and and the paper pusher guy, Dan, the Sheriff's like, oh, I wonder who gave her that idea. And it's intimated that... Dan is convincing these people to bring lawsuits against the department because they're gunning for the sheriff. And Dan brings up several times, this is how your dad went down. And everyone's been keeping a close eye on you because your dad was such an alien nut. Yeah. And so, yeah, things are looking bad for our sheriff. Yeah. Because they keep trying to figure out who gave the sheriff all of these tips and the sheriff is just like, I can't tell you because they came forward with the request that they remain anonymous. Like, the sheriff isn't going to, you know, Rat give up his, his you know, source of information. And so, <laughs> Dan is always like, was it those Evans kids? <laughs> and the sheriff is always like, no. Sir, if you tell one lie, it <laughs> leads to another. another. <laughs> if you tell two lies, they grow on each other. And you tell more lies to cover the others. And I don't know how the song ends. <laughs> they just keep lying. They the just rest keep, it just gets bigger. <laughs> so, rightfully so, Isabel and Max are worried about this. Um, and finally, Max just tells El- Isabel, you should get some sleep. You look terrible. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Which you know is said with all the brotherly love he can he can give her, but she does go to sleep, and finally gets some more information. She sees exactly where this vision is taking place. So immediately she calls out for Max, she, because she sees Grant's face. You know, yeah, she saw Grant's face a little earlier. That's yeah, why yeah, the yeah. sheriff went after him. But this time she not only sees Grant's face, but she sees where it is. Yeah. And so they run to Fraser Woods, which is where they had the camping episode. Camping episode. And as they're they're out looking around, you know, they're in the woods, and the sheriff spots a molehill on the ground. Uh-huh. Emily, this was actually horrifying. Okay. So they they dig up the molehill and there's like w- what I thought were wires inside of it. And they follow the wires in one direction. And they find a bunch of oxygen tanks. And you realize it's an oxygen line. Yeah. And then I was like, oh no. Oh 
No. So then they turn around and they quickly follow the wire the other way. This girl is buried underground, loose, like just fully buried except for a plastic box around her head that oxygen is being pumped into. And that's how he's keeping this girl hidden is she's just buried underground with her head in a box. And Emily, you said that you would listen to a Let's Go to Court episode. Where this happens, <laughs> I want to say they found her. Alive. Yes. I really hope that's true. I'm going through and re-listening to everything. I haven't got to that one again. But yeah, that, that is something that is based in true fact. <laughs> Do you think that person got the idea from this Roswell episode? I don't know. <laughs> when you listen to the episode again, find no, out what the date is. It was like in like... The old-timey times, like the 60s or the 70s. The old-timey times? Before Roswell. Okay. Pre-Roswell. I didn't mean like, I didn't mean like ancient history. (laughs) I'm making fun of you because you're my sister. So, while they are digging, they're trying to get this girl out, someone starts shooting at them from the trees. With a giant, giant gun. That thing is like... Like a sniper rifle. Like not a gun, but a rifle with like a scope and everything. And the person has a ski ski mask mask on. To obfuscate their identity from the audience. Yeah. Because. There's no way that the sheriff or Max can see them. So there's no reason for them to have. Anyways, yes, I get it. Does Grant have an evil twin? Is Grant getting possessed by an alien to do this? Is Grant a clone? Are there multiple ones of him? Are there could be granted it would be a stretch. <laughs> so there's something going up with Grant, and I'm gonna tell you guys it's not resolved by this episode. But as he's shooting, Max is shield. He's gotten much better at it, so he puts his shield up, and now it's like flubber, where the bullets are trying to whoop, go through, and they whoop, and they pop back out. So Isabel is also using her magical powers to try and bust the plastic box that is, it's not locked. It's just completely sealed around this girl's head. And it doesn't look like it was ever intended to come off again. Yeah. I am very impressed with the special effects for Max's shield. Shield. I think they've really done a good job and made it a lot better. It, It definitely stepped up from the Skins episode. Yep. But as they're doing this and they get her out, who runs up? But... Dad! Dad has followed them, apparently. And here's the thing. He doesn't say anything about seeing a green screen shield. But, I mean, like, if he's been watching them, he would have seen it. But he doesn't say anything. And so it's kind of this unspoken, did you see it? Did you not? Yeah. So. It's like, did Adolin see Kaladin using Stormlight at the end of the first book? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. So, Dan sees them rescue the girl, and for a second it feels like, oh my gosh, the sheriff succeeded, although suspicions are going to be dropped from him, but both the Evans kids are here. Yeah. And uh, so they're loading the girl into the ambulance. She was on her way down to visit her grandparents, who live in Roswell, Mm -hmm. and she never saw the face of the guy who took her. And as Isabel is holding on to her, we have a zoom into the girl's body with CG, look at something, and we're looking at these little blue particles inside of her. I think that they're cadmium X somehow. Okay. And I think that, again, Grant is an alien, 
And he did something with powers to this girl uh, because she's been able to specifically contact Isabel. And Isabel mentions that she feels like this girl and her are connected somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is she part of the Volandra project? Ooh, we don't know. We don't know. Um, but bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I just made a very rude gesture. <laughs> made an inappropriate hand gesture because I was trying to imitate a bullet shooting through a gun, and it looked like something different. But um, helpful, Hanson, <laughs> stupid deputy who's always like, "I'm so good at being a deputy," and he, he ends is. up making everything horrible for the sheriff who's trying to hide evidence. But he finds bullets. the bullets that are intact. He says there's no, what is the word? There's no striations and there's no impact. Yeah. And and the Dan is just like, that's impossible. And he goes, I'll take that. Thank you. Dan has no jurisdiction here. Dan's not a real police officer. Why did Dan just get to take the bullets out your gun? What? The bullets <laughs> out your gun. Because Max is... Uh, yeah, so it's like this guy did not shoot the bullets out of his gun. It's like he just threw them on the ground because they didn't hit anything. But here's the thing. If they'd been shot out of a gun, there w- aren't there striations after they get shot? Yes, those that's called rifling. Rifling, okay. No, and that's, how that's you... not what it's called. Sorry, everyone. We're but, not yeah. gun pros. We're not. Uh, but that's how I know they match up. <laughs> you're thinking about the great mouse detective no, okay. by turning those right there that's hey, what you're yes, picturing in your but mind but that is also <laughs> a legitimate thing I've watched enough CSI and NCIS it's in a Bones episode it's in too. a Bones episode but they they you can match bullets to, to guns that have been shot out of by the marks that get made on them and that's how they are able to pinpoint guns to crimes or whatever so. yeah I was, though, but it was a real thing. I saw you turning your hands like that, and I'm like, you're picturing the great mouse detective, <coughs> mm-hmm. which uh, was originally going to be called Basil of Baker Street. Oh, that's adorable. And then the executives at Disney are like, nobody's going to know what that is. That doesn't make any sense. We have to name the movie what it is, the great mouse detective. And um, somebody wrote a... And it might have been one person, might have been a couple of people. They wrote a fake memo at Disney and circulated it, saying that we are now going to be renaming all of our movies, starting with The Small Princess Who Lives With Seven Men, (laughs) and The Little Wooden Boy Who Wanted to Be Human, and The Elephant Who Lives in a Circus Because People Make Fun of His Ears. And they went through all of their previous films and wrote basically Great Mouse Detective style things for them which makes me laugh because now like the the current fad and i say current it's been at like around 10 11 years is one word action titles Mm -hmm. tangled frozen brave encanto Encanto. moana wish is their new one that got announced at d23 and it's because someone threw a fit because Princess and the Frog didn't make a lot of money. Uh-huh. And they're like, it's because it has the word princess in the title. And I'm like, no, it's because, one, you guys under-budgeted that film's marketing. And, two, you released it up against Harry Potter of the year. Duh. Yeah. Listen. 
The 2D films were mishandled on purpose because the current studio leadership at the time wanted, like, 3D better. Because 3D uh, costs less to make because they can pay 3D artists less. Rude. So yeah, um, I was worried. Here's, I remember this episode. It's funny because like, we'll get up to a new episode, and I'm always like, oh my gosh, I can't remember what happens. This Megan's gonna make fun of me. <laughs> I make fun of you for so much more stuff. <laughs> but like, stuff will pop up. I'm like, oh, Sean, Sean's here, or like, oh yeah, this person that gets buried underground. I remember her, you know, and. Listeners, let it be noted, I actually reread all the assignments I give Emily before we record. <laughs> Emily has not rewatched Roswell before we've gone through this. I have enjoyed experiencing this with you for uh-huh. the second time. <laughs> but I was afraid that Dan was going to show up and like have the gun on the sheriff and be like, you really kidnapped the girl and this is all a very intense oh. ploy to like be the hero. Yeah, you know, because that's, that's a legit phenomenon that happens and so i was really glad that dan even though he took the bullets and everything and this is going to be a problem he didn't immediately make that wrong conclusion so yeah they take the girl away they you know isabel says i feel like i know her boom end of episode what happened what happened (laughs) (laughs) i really this is what i really like about season two is that there are these overarching storylines because I feel like season one, we got that a little bit, but season season one felt a lot of like episode of the week. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm a big fan of longer story arcs. I was disappointed Isabel did not use any alien powers to change the colors of her clothes when she's getting ready for her date. Oh, <laughs> that would have been great. But they'd used a bunch of special effects in this specific episode mm-hmm. with dream sequences and the shield and the blood inside the girl. What's that about? I think it's Cadmium X. It's a good guess. Have they scanned Kyle or Liz for Cadmium X? They should. Anyway, uh, what's the title of next week's episode? Uh, So next episode is season two, episode 12, We Are Family. We are family. Uh, Missing girl is going to be genetically related to Isabel somehow. Okay. And... Uh, Grant is going to reveal that he's maybe a distant cousin to the throne of these aliens and he does not Mm. have the right to rule and he thinks he has a better claim to the throne than these four clones do Mm. because he is an actual alien. I love that. Thank you. Family drama! Yeah! Just like in Rudy. (laughs) (laughs) And Words of Radiance. And Words of Radiance! All right, everyone, thank you for coming and listening to us. I apologize again for the roughness of my voice. Husky. Husky. I'm sorry, my cats are yelling at us. They're very vocal. They want to go outside. But yeah, we are going to sign off for now, but we'll catch you next time. And I was about to say, I should be writing my book, but I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go prep for, I have a script break meeting for a thing. Well, Megan, I believe in you. I believe in you, too. Ready? Break. Break.